Howdy y'all, Matt Lapartis here with Midnight Club Media. Crazy Carl here, Crazy Carl Speed Shop. We just wanted to get into it here. This is our first podcast that we're recording this evening. Uh, we just wanted to come on and tell you guys about why we're doing this, kind of how we got started a little bit, go into talking about the Barn Fine 5000 build a little bit. Um, so how did this get started? Well, for myself... Uh, I got tired of going to car meets and seeing all the little clicks. Uh, nobody was really talking amongst one another other than just their own two or three folks that they rode in with. I got a little burnout on seeing that. Nobody was damn sure racing nobody. Um, so I decided to just start creating our own events, seeing if we could get folks out of the woodwork. And the uh, support that people have shown us this past year has really been insane in my opinion. Um, so, as long as y'all keep showing us support, we're going to keep at it. So, if you guys been following the videos, the last thing you would have seen, we were finishing up the fabrication on the front frame rails. Uh, we didn't have any motor mounts in the car. We didn't have the engine set in. We didn't have the front clip fitted. And the big thing we need to talk about is the rear end. We we said we were going to use the six lug Chevrolet Colorado rear end. That particular rear end is kind of an oddball rear end. Um, maybe I don't know what I'm doing and I just couldn't find it, but I wasn't seeing uh, a good a locker for that particular rear end. Um, I wasn't crazy about the gear ratio. And if I was going to spend money on a, a good ring and pinion, I probably wouldn't pick a rear end that I didn't like to spend money on. <clears throat> so we had an old dirt track rear end laying in the weeds. That was never meant to be under a high rod. And that seemed like a great idea. <laughs> until we got started on it. It was a lot of work, guys. It was a lot of work. We uh, we had to press out the axle tubes out of the case. We had to cut them down. Um, we're still, like, we're, we pretty well got it in the car, but there's still some things that need finished up, buttoned up. Uh, due to the fact that the axle tubes are aluminum, we are not going to be able to run the car completely on the stock suspension like I was kind of wanting to do. It is going to have a, a lift bar. And the only real purpose for that lift bar is I don't trust the aluminum axle tubes to withstand all the torque that the rear end is going to be applying to the leaf springs and twisting and pushing on the car. I just, I really wanted to relieve some of that pressure. So we're going to have to use the lift bar out of a dirt car. And it will fit. We just got to fabricate a cross member for that. Uh, what else have we done? We got to start on removing the old floorboards. They were in rough shape. Uh, that's another project of itself. <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Um, I'm not buying floor pans for this car, guys. It's not happening. <laughs> we are going to make floor pans for this car. This car is as hot rod as it gets. What we have laying around is what we're utilizing on this project. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about maybe using 
the hood and the top of the Colorado to make some floor pans. I think it'll work. I really do. I'm sure we can make it happen. It's going to be a lot of extra work. and It'd probably be simpler just to go buy new metal, but hey, where's the fun in that? <laughs> <sighs> we did get the motor set in. That we did. We got the fabrication finished up up on the front half of the frame. We got the motor mounts welded in. We got the motor and the transmission set in the car. And I've been hearing there's a lot of guys that want to know what that motor is that's set in that car. And maybe some of you gals out there too. <sighs> I don't know if I can do it. Ah, <laughs> uh, you got this. <laughs> so 305 with double hump heads, right? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> no, that's what I've been telling everybody. It's uh it's a factory 400 GM block. I'm not going to tell you the exact cubic inch. As many as it takes, that's all you need to know. Um it's a, it's a street motor. It will run on pump gas. It is going to run on pump gas. Mm -hmm. It may not be city friendly, but it, it does run on pump gas. The motor has been ran on pump gas before. It does just fine on 93 octane. So nothing to be too scared of, guys. It's just a little small block. Well within the rules of the barn find 5,000. I believe it was stated a shitty old small block and I have personally put this motor together multiple times now so that qualifies as shitty. It's been ran through a few times. Yep. It's it's an old motor. It's proven itself time and time again. I would like to have a new set of lifters. We'll not get into that. <laughs> Well, aside from the motor, uh, we had another undertaking under the rear end of the car. You want to get into that and a little more specifically? The Franklin 482? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the great thing about this quick change rear end is the fact that I mean, this is going to be a true hot rod, guys. I'm going to be tuning this thing with a screwdriver, basically. Yeah, there's not going to be any laptops involved with this project. And <laughs> no, no, sir. It's going to be 100% mechanical, um, or as mechanical as it can be. It does have a 4L60. I don't know if you can still call it an E because there's no electronics left in it either. Um, I just got something against wires, I guess. <laughs> I take that back. It has. It does have an electronic lockup converter. That's for drivability purposes. Um, it's probably a good thing I'm running a quick change. And I'm able to change gears because there's not going to be a whole lot of adjustability on the powertrain part of it. I can't, I'm, I'm probably not even going to have, I'm going to be shifting this thing the old-fashioned way, guys. It's a full manual automatic, and I don't think we're going to buy a shifter. 
we're probably going to take a wrench and uh, weld something on the end of it and run a linkage and we'll make it happen. One way or another. Probably the same thing we're going to do for the gas pedal too because there ain't one. <laughs> I think I do have an old dirt car gas pedal laying around somewhere. That'd be a nice lightweight unit to throw in there. Not sure how that would work. We might make it happen. Who knows? I looked at it once before and it didn't look like it was going to be easy to make it happen, but you got a torch and a welder, guys, anything's possible. Another problem we ran into, we got to make the thing, this thing stop as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a, an issue with the quick change. I thought that I had picked up enough crap over the years to slap some brakes on this aluminum axle tube without much issue. And well, I'm just, uh, I got cereal, no milk and sugar, no Kool-Aid. I've got everything it takes, but nothing I have seems to want to work together. So, <clears throat> we're either gonna have to fabricate or I may be able to solve that problem with a little bit of money on the budget um, we're just going to have to see. I really just kind of pulled that stuff out of the box the other day and was sifting through it and nothing seemed to be. There's different bolt patterns on the brake calipers and there's different clamps with different bolt patterns and I just didn't seem to have anything that would work. It's typical hot rod fashion. Uh, absolutely. 110%. Anytime you're trying to put something on a vehicle that doesn't belong there, you're going to run into issues in every other part that you bolt that part to. That's just how it is. And let me tell you guys, wide five wheels are an interesting thing. They, they only seem to come in certain backspacing and certain sizes and it's not quite as easy as, you know, when you get on Summit Racing and you punch in, I've got a 2015 Camaro and I want this size wheel and it says, these fit your car. <sighs> when I get on Summit Racing and put in wide five, I see dirt track late model wheels. I see like the, the big block modified style wheels. It's going to have probably some steel wheels on it. Um, no, we are not leaving the 14-inch wide dirt late model wheels and tires on the car. However, they do look kind of cool. They on do there. look kind of cool. Um, you dirt track guys know that if that's an old set of rear tires and you put it on a, a car that you want to go straight in the line, that's probably not going to work because one's quite a bit bigger than the other one because you go in circles. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's we could use that to tune the car. If it goes left, we'll just swap the tires. And... <laughs> we'll get that rear steer one way or another. Well, at least ways if the car's slow, I might scare enough of you guys to line up beside them. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're not going to do anything that crazy. Um, I'm going to get some wheels coming for it. It is going to stay on the air shocks. It is going to stay on the leaf springs, the factory leaf springs. Um, it is going to stay on, 
100% 99.9% sure it's going to have the slapper bars on it. The original old school slapper bars that came off of it. Going to clean them up. We'd like to retain those. Yeah, definitely going to leave those on there. And these are old school Gabriel hijacker shocks, like straight from the 80s. These are not something new that we've ordered from Summit or Jegs or eBay. Uh, this is true old school shit that was on the car when we got it. And I'm not going to be surprised if it busts a shock. But it's going to have that old school look and it's going to be jacked up in the back and those hijackers are going to do their job and I hope it hooks up and goes somewhere. And if not, we may have to do a lot of head scratching to make a car like this do what modern cars are doing on the road today. Now it seems every project we take on, we go against the grain with what Absolutely. everybody else is trying to do. Absolutely. That's half the fun of it for us. You know, when you can't just get on Google and find out the information you need to find because you're the first person doing it, um, that's kind of an exciting feeling. Whether the end product is what you envision or not, you know, half of the journey is just the build itself and the process of it. And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be the fastest if it looks cool. Fast is good. And this is going to be a full interior street car. Like you said, maybe the motor may not be real street friendly, but uh, you could load the kids up and take them down the road. And I am going to load my kids up. Exactly. We are going out for ice cream. Mm -hmm. We are going to have banana splits in the hot rod. <laughs> and I'm not going to worry about the interior because the full interiors currently consist of Toyota Tacoma seats in the front. And um, I don't know what those things are in the back. <laughs> But it does have four seats in it right now as we speak. Floorboards, not so much, but four seats right now. Yes, it does have four <laughs> seats. And, guys, we're really running out of time on this thing because it is going to be on the road come spring. 100% for sure. If I'm still kicking, that car's going to be on the road come springtime. So... It might not get the custom firewall I wanted to put in it and the super trick floorboards I wanted to get the bead roller out and get real fancy with. And We got time. This ain't got to be the end all do all. We're going to put this thing together and we're going to get it on the street. We're going to have some fun with it. And uh, we've even talked about maybe doing some some more in-depth build videos on this car later on as it progresses. Right now, I don't even think I'm going to paint it before spring. Um, I'd like to, but... Another thing, we've been asked the name of this car. I don't know that the cars deserve the name. Sometimes you kind of got to earn those nicknames. Guys, that's how I roll. Every time I name something... It becomes a joke because it's like the opposite of whatever I named it. I hate picking names. This car's going to earn a name. Like, y'all can call it whatever you want to call it. Shit bomb. I don't care. Shit hawk has been mentioned. It has been mentioned. Um, <laughs> that might tie into some things that I want to happen <laughs> in the future. But, yeah, I mean, the car, the car's going to earn it. The car's, it's going to earn it. It might be LOL. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm new at this going in a straight line stuff. I've never done it before. I'm, I'm excited. Um, 
It is not a race car. This is not a race car. No, this is this is hot rod as it gets. This is old school hot rod. Use if I was going to build a race car, I would have started with one of the multiple race car chassis I have laying around. Mm -hmm. Granted, they aren't meant to go straight either, but, well, I could make it happen. It just so happens we used to both uh, do a little fabrication with some pipe. Yeah. I've... A little bit of same. experience. Yeah, a little bit. Ten years worth, at least. Yeah. We were putting roll cages in in high school. <laughs> at the Botex Center. Right. Speaking of which, a lot of you guys don't know us, have no idea who we are, where we come from. So we figured we probably ought to give a quick rundown of how we wound up here playing with cars in our 30s. I'm proud of it. I'm happy with it. Those t-shirts still plays with blocks. That's us. Mm -hmm. I think when it really started, I mean, I know your family always had like hot rods and street cars and stuff. And my family always did like the dirt racing thing since before I was born. But I feel like when we got to that age where we were actually old enough to start getting into it ourselves, mm -hmm. it's like the culture died. Absolutely. It, just, it stopped. And, I mean, it didn't stop. There were still people doing it. Don't, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> it's almost the affordability of it, too, was another issue. Right. Absolutely. You know, the sought-after cars... You know, the, the 60s Camaros and uh, things like that, you know, they're almost unobtainable and uh, have been since early 2000s, whenever yeah, we were in absolutely. high school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so really, I think when we started getting our hands dirty, it was with the mud trucks pretty much, wasn't it? Absolutely. I know that's where I learned a lot of my mechanical knowledge is taking those old trucks out, getting them hung, breaking an axle or something, dragging them back oh my home, goodness, yeah. and learning how to fix it your damn self, you know? That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had the knowledge. They told us how to do it. They also told us we better put the tools up. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We, we did all right, though. We tore up a bunch of crap. We learned a lot of lessons. That we did. We busted a lot of knuckles. I mean, yeah, we had a lot of good times in them old mud trucks. And that was, we was, I was 14 when mm -hmm. I got mine. I think you were 14, 15 yeah. when you got yours. Yeah, my first old truck was a 69 Chevy shortened on a K5 Blazer chassis. And uh, one of the very first things that I did... Good-looking truck. Yeah, right? this was this was a, a real sharp truck. First thing I did, you know, mind you, I was 14, 15 years old. I got the Sawzall out of the garage, and I went and hunted up a set of 40s with a uh, 4-inch lift on this truck, and I made it work. Um, of course, it didn't perform as well with the 40s on it as it did with the 35-inch the all-terrains, but I was 15, and those 40s were going to fit no matter what, so... My first one was an 84 Dodge. Again, had been chassis swapped. What's up with that? It had been chassis swapped to an older model Dodge, like a 70s Power Wagon. Had the... I don't know. 
I don't want to fit you Dodge guys out there, but I wasn't a fan of the front end and uh, the smaller bolt pattern full-size Dodge trucks. But it was a lot of fun. We learned a lot. We did that for, what, at least a good solid four years. Absolutely, Just yeah. about every freaking weekend, if not a little bit longer than that. That used to be a big part of the culture and community around here. There Absolutely. used to be a dozen or more of us load up and uh, just go out back roading and see who could go through the holes the, the furthest or the fastest. Now everybody's on side-by-sides. I've never had any interest to build one of those, and I'm not going to drive it unless I build it. So I did have a rock crawler here a few years ago, and I tried to go riding with those guys. And that thing was cool. That thing was really cool. They all ragged it at first because they said I couldn't keep up. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun with those guys. Made some friends out there. And we probably ought to cover some different content like that too moving on in the future. You guys let us know in the comments and stuff if you want to see. I mean, I'm down for anything. Absolutely. Anything motorsport related. If it's got a motor and uh, anything performance related, we're down. We want to see it. Absolutely. I mean, you might have to twist my arm to get me to go to a dirt race. You know, just a little bit. Yeah. Anywhere in the country. Anytime. Nah, I'm just messing with y'all. <laughs> We have been known to go to Delaware. Yeah. Cover All Truck Challenge. That was cool. I didn't even know that existed, guys. That, yeah. That's really neat. If y'all haven't checked that stuff out, like. Smoke and Speed puts that on every year out in Delaware at. Do uh, you remember the name of the dragway out there? <sighs> Slipping my mind. We'll put it in the uh, description below. Nice facility. I like that place. Mm -hmm. They had a dirt track on site. That I would have loved to turn some laps on. That was a pretty neat track. I liked it. Not a lot of bank. It was kind of flat track. Sled track on site as well. They also did dirt drags. And they also had a quarter mile drag strip on site as well. A very, very cool facility. What I really liked about that whole deal is how those guys had to go pull a sled then be ready in the staging lanes to drag race. Mm -hmm. And then drag race on dirt. And then potentially blow their crap up on the dyno. Mm -hmm. And some did. <laughs> some did. We you guys didn't see that yeah. video. You better check that one out. That was a good one. Catastrophic. I'll say that. A lot of fun out there. And they had some cool stuff out there. Maybe I'm the weirdo. When I go to a track or something like that and I see, you know, some old cars that have been ran over by a monster truck back in the day, shoved back in the weeds and the pine trees, I'm back here in the mud, like <laughs> taking pictures and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's because my dad took me to a junkyard when I was a kid. I love that stuff. Love seeing all the old dilapidated cars and all the cool stuff mm -hmm. and the remnants of the past and. Another video we covered, we uh, went to uh, Richard's Auto Salvage down in North Carolina, and uh, that. that was an absolute honey hole. Uh, that man has things there that I didn't know still existed. Brand new seat covers uh, from the 30s, uh, brand new pistons still in the box from the 30s and 40s, 60s, you know, any area you can imagine, anything, this man has it. Yeah, that's a long time for something to sit around brand new in the box. No doubt. I know anything I buy, that's the first thing I do is I take it out of the box and I get my fingerprints <laughs> all over it. I got a kid on Christmas. doesn't matter what it is, especially tools. 
But yeah, with that being said, we do enjoy getting out and covering different things and just showing you guys what's out there, you know? Yeah, when I was a kid, my dream was to do the Top Truck Challenge in the four-wheeler magazine, and for some reason, I'm building a student baker. I may have influenced him to get into the drag racing a little bit. That's always been in my blood, die hard. Um, half my family's old school street racers. And I've been around it since I was a kid, and to me, there just ain't nothing like it. But he's always preferred going in circles on the dirt, so it's a little bit of a transition for him. But uh, in my opinion, going straight is a whole lot easier than tuning all four corners of a car to go around a circle track sideways. Um, and his wealth of knowledge has proved that to me multiple times. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's pretty simple. You just put a bigger tire on one side and it drives in circles. That's all there is to dirt racing, guys. They call it stagger. It... Yeah, don't let him talk it down now. If, uh, if you want your car to hook up and go straight... This is man to come see. If you need your carburetor tuned. Um, I'll tune your carburetor. <laughs> this man right here is a wizard with a carburetor. I don't want to me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'll be tuning with a laptop soon. We'll see. Yeah, we're trying to get with the times here. Uh, you see us dabbling in the podcast here uh we're doing a lot of videography a lot of content creation this is 2023 we may be some old school guys but uh we can still learn a new trick or two never stop learning that's right that's the whole fun of life is learning if i stop learning when i'm doing something i'm done doing it it's... it loses that spark to me. Maybe that's why I'm a mechanic, because manufacturers think they need to change something every two months. I mean, it's always you, a you new challenge. You guys listening? Anybody in there, an engineer for any a big motor company? It'd be cool if things were just like a little bit simpler sometimes. Yeah. Maybe. They, they don't need more computers than a commercial <laughs> airliner. They don't, I promise. Maybe run some of these blueprints by a mechanic before you put it into production. Just once in a while. I don't know. I'm sure those guys, that's that's what they do. They make sure it's easy for the mechanics. That's the way they build it. That's right. Oh, man. <laughs> so you think this thing's going to work? Is the Studebaker going to go down? You guys let us know what you think. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident that uh, we can make a shopping cart go straight with a motor on it. Um, you give us a challenge, no matter what it is, you put it in front of us, or we're going to figure it out one way or another. We're going to make it happen. Close the brakes. Then we're going to fix the damn thing, and we're going to go out and test it again until it's right. Okay. Works me like a dog. <laughs> hey, that's how you get ahead, man. you got to constantly be in more than the next guy, or at least trying. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you're never going to achieve your goals if you don't get out of bed in the morning and you don't work your ass off towards those goals. That's right. That's just how it is. At least that's how it's always had to work for me. Yeah. Yeah, ain't nothing ever been handed to us. We've always had to work for everything we've had. Uh, say what you will, but uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. No. If I didn't earn it, I don't want it. That's right. <clears throat> I think I think the old Studebaker is going to be pretty interesting. He talks all this crap, guys. I have no idea what this car is going to do. 
I've, I don't know if I've ever drove anything with hijacker air shocks on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure nobody has since at least the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have no idea what's going to happen if you launch and one of them blows out or you blow a line or something. That might be something to look into. See, this is why I tell you we need to test at 100 foot, 200 foot, 300 foot, and then make that full 660 hit. This man well, here says he that. wants to get in the car and make a full hit. <laughs> I'm going to make a hit until it doesn't hit no more. <laughs> I mean, it's a car. You drive it. Nah, you ain't wrong, buddy. Guys, I was 18 years old. First time I ever climbed in a dirt light mall. And I asked my uncle, I oh, how do I do this? I drive like an idiot out there on the road, but I ain't never said nothing like this. Like 700 horsepower, 2400 pound with me in it. On dirt with these big wide tires. Give me, give me some advice here. He says, here's what you do. He says, you drive into turn one and you don't let out that four barrel until that first youth tire is right beside you. He said, then you burp that throttle, you whip it to the left and you open that four barrel and drive it. It worked. Just guess what's going to happen when I get this Studebaker together. <laughs> I'm going to do that little black mark thing you guys do, and I'm going to try to back up and put my tires in it. That's how they do it on TV. And I ain't got no button to let go of, so I guess I'll just, like, try to break it up or something. There you go. And then I'm just going to punch it, and as long as it ain't in the ditch, I ain't going to let off. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. You guys will see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there with the video camera on it, and uh, you'll get to see every part of it. Don't laugh if I hit the ditch or something. <laughs> Things don't always go as planned the first time, but y'all still right. see it. We're not going to hide it from you. It is what it is. No, you can't have my cam specs or none of that. That's... I had to do a lot of calculator stuff to pick that out. Mm -hmm. so go do calculator stuff yourself because guess what guys my stuff wouldn't work for you anyway yeah this fella loses a lot of sleep on calculations and figures and uh i've seen the work that myself i've seen uh the notes that this man alone has has written staying up at night working on builds and uh he, he's definitely some kind of rain man when it comes to this i'm telling you it's uh, it's it's kind of unreal It was just an RC car, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you Those things are cool. If you guys are, think you're too too big, too old, too mature to play with an RC car, nah, they're cool. They're cool. That's another form of it. I would love to go to a big RC race. Absolutely. Guys, let us know if you want to see like a legit RC drag race. We, we can make that happen, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll even host one, you know, if, we, if need be. And that was one of the whole reasons that I wanted to start putting on events and doing all this in the first place was literally just to get people together. You know, there's not a whole lot going on in this area, especially for our youth. Absolutely. Um, I really wanted to get some younger generations interested in hot rodding and building cars, and that's that's a major reason why I'm doing this as well. Um, anytime I can let a kid jump in the passenger seat of my old truck and take them down the road in it and just see their face light up, that alone to me is worth it all by itself and if you can spark that interest in a kid 
Um, you know, they may not ever be um, financially stable in their life. <laughs> now, uh, you guys have all seen the meme. Better have a hot rod than a drug habit. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, all jokes aside, the drug habit in our area has wreaked havoc on our generations and uh, yep. and, and all of them since then. You know, it's it's been rough in our area, and we're just trying to promote some positivity and get folks out of the house, getting them meeting up. Um, we're all trying to make each other faster at the end of the day with this racing that we're doing. Um, we're not trying to exclude anybody. If you all have a rice burner, if y'all got a Honda, we don't care what you've Absolutely. got. We want everybody out here. You know, there, there's room for all of us out here. I probably can't tune a Honda carburetor. Just saying. I mean, uh, put a holly on. We're all about learning. We'll just say that. <laughs> now, I'm going to admit, I've, I've always kind of, that rice burner culture kind of got a bad rap. And let's be real, guys. Like, be completely real with yourself. When the original Fast and the Furious came out, you wanted a rice burner. You know you did. You can <laughs> you can act like, oh, no, no, all muscle car. You might have liked the muscle car, but you thought those rice burners were cool or you wouldn't have watched that movie 17,000 times like I did. Yeah, y'all wanted a Skyline, too, likely, or one of the many other cars that was in those movies. Oh, that old Mopar, though. Mm-hmm, the blower. I've I've always been a fan of a big blower motor. Uh, there's this, the sound of them, the whine of that blower. There's just nothing like them to me. One of these days, I will have a blown big block in something. I don't know what that's going to be yet, but it, it will be a reality one day. Yeah, but and before we go taking jabs at, at anybody else in the motorsports world, we really need to stop and think about what we're doing because... I kind of feel like overall car culture, the the street outlaw stuff has been great for it, but overall it's it's really taken a downturn over the last 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we really need to support everybody in our community from RC cars to, to rice burners to, I mean, I'm really, I'm not that concerned about the big corporate stuff. They've got plenty of help with their sponsors and things, but... Local dirt tracks, I mean, they're having a hard time right now. I'm sure that the fuel prices and everything have been hard on guys truck pulling, mud bogging. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure it's even affecting the, the the motorcycle guys and, you know, the, the dirt dirt bikes. and the Every clogs. part of the motorsport industry is, is hurting because of it, I'm sure, in one way, shape, or form. Absolutely. It makes it hard on everybody. Absolutely. I will make fun of you if you show up at a drag race with a little Tesla. I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> I'll, I'll be that hypocrite for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not saying EVs aren't fast, but uh, there's just something about not hearing and not feeling that engine. You know, it's just, it's just not quite the same for me, and I don't think it ever can replace that for me. I think the thing that always drove me into the motorsports to begin with was feeling that engine in your mm -hmm. chest that that roar that there's just nothing quite like and the smell of race fuel exactly i'm telling yeah. you the smell of race fuel even if i couldn't stay at a race and i had the opportunity just to drive through the pits and out the other side i would have the windows down just mm -hmm. letting it all come in probably giving myself cancer but i don't care it's <laughs> worth it 
Boy, that E85 smells weird, though, don't it? It sure does. <laughs> a little uh, moonshine-esque. Something. <laughs> it seems like it attracts bees, too. You guys let me know if you've experienced that. If you've been around an E85 car, have you ever noticed a bee team seem to come around a lot? Maybe it's just me. Unfortunately, we don't have an E85 pump within, what, a uh, 30-minute drive of us? I'd say if we were obeying the law, probably 40, 45. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, we've discussed E85 builds, uh, you know, switching over some of our current builds to E85, but it's just not feasible for us to have to drive that far just to get fuel in something that we want to be able to get out here and drive, you know? Isn't it essentially moonshine? I mean, there's no reason why we couldn't be, figure out how to make it. I think we could make it. Not sure how the legality works. Yeah, I'm not I sure officer, We've only got 300 gallons of moonshine for our race car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not a race car. That's right. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Car. It's a hot rod. Mm -hmm. It's a hot rod, man. Sometimes we get a little carried away. Ah, <laughs> uh, so many years playing with dirt cars, it's just race car rolls off the tongue. Right. E85 will be cool though. More horsepower, cooler running temperatures. Absolutely. It's crazy how science works. Until then, we're going to be running 93. You know, that's what we got. That's what we're going to run. Cool thing about a E85 is compression you can run with it. Mm -hmm. That's a major factor on the street when you can run technically compression. E85 is pump gas. Mm -hmm. Streetcar status. Streetcar status. And there's a lot of debate on what a streetcar is, and you know, we're not even going to dive into that rabbit hole but i will say one thing just because you got vintage air does not mean it's a street car that's right i'd like to have vintage air that would be nice i haven't had ac since i don't remember the last vehicle i had with ac i've been running 80s box chevys for so long that wing glass baby that's right not so helpful in traffic one thing about the square bodies is, you know, before it was about 85 or so, you had the little pull vents down here. Mm -hmm. Now, I do like those. The 083 does have that feature. Oh, there's nothing like it. Going down the interstate 70 miles an hour and you start getting a little hot on the feet and you reach down and open that sucker up and you eat gravel, son. Mm-hmm. Puts hair on your chest. That's right. We both drove square body trucks working out of town for multiple years. Yeah, I cross country pipeline welded out of a square body Chevrolet with a uh, 468 four speed, 411 rear gear, uh, about six and a half, seven mile a gallon everywhere we went. Told you you should have built a small block, man. I don't know what it is about a big block, but I've always been a fan. He's exact opposite, he prefers a small block, but. Hey, at the end of the world, still Chevrolet motor, so. No joke, guys. Had a uh, 84 Chevy square body, 14 gears, 31 1050 tires, full gear, four speed, 14 mile a gallon interstate driving every day. 
I thought that was pretty good. It was pretty impressive compared to what I was dealing with. That's for damn sure. And still have plenty of power. This wasn't your average run of the mill doggy motor. Cubic inch. Little cubic inch. Yeah, I remember going for a couple rides in that truck. It made enough power to twist the chassis to where it'd start walking across the road on you. I remember that very well. You guys talking about 60 foot passes. My truck doesn't even go straight. I never let out of here. <laughs> I did almost take out the store one day. That was unexpected. Somebody must have spilled some oil or something. Yeah. That was ridiculous. We've had a few close calls in our younger days. We used to be a little bit wild. <laughs> you can say that. We've calmed down quite a bit over the years. We you know... There a minute ago, you touched on kids and the community and that kind of stuff. You guys will probably notice if you see any of the build videos in my shop. My kids are usually there. Um, they usually make an appearance anyways. And that has a lot to do with why I'm doing this personally. Is you know I grew up watching my dad my uncles and stuff build race cars. Literally, when I was three, four years old, I knew how to hold roll cage tubing in place while it was tacked without getting my eyes burnt. And having that experience as a child and growing up and knowing that kind of stuff, it gave me a huge advantage when I started, you know, like working construction and stuff after school. And honestly, I just, I really want my kids to have that same advantage when they start out on their own. Um, I want to teach them, even if they're not so much interested in hot rods, they still got to know what tools are. Um, definitely, definitely trying to keep that kind of heritage alive in my family and pass that on to my kids. A lot of you guys can probably relate to that. Yeah, I've got a 12-year-old, and it's about time for him to start learning to drive the old truck. We need to drag something in for him, start getting it ready for him. Um, he's getting to that age. I know whenever I was about his age, probably younger, to be honest, I learned to drive a standard shift in a uh, Chevy Chevette, believe it or not. Uh, my uncle uh, took me to a place nearby called Charles Fork Lake. Uh, there's a pretty steep hill there. I'm, I know you know the one mm -hmm. I'm talking about. I don't know what degree that hill is, but it's extremely steep. Well, we got right in about the middle of it, and I had to learn how to take off on that hill. <laughs> so, I learned real fast. I learned in a four-banger square body S10. And boy, I learned to drive it quick, too. <laughs> Didn't last very long. We all have that one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a few that's got away from us. Whether we've sold them or literally got away from us. It happens. When you're uh, doing the things we used to do. <laughs> yeah. We uh, coined the phrase back when we were probably, what, 13, 14 years old, something like that. Mm, we, we might have been 15, maybe 16. Yeah. What was that? Shit happens and trees don't move? Absolutely. Shit happens and <laughs> trees don't move. I can't remember the exact story that led up to that, but uh, I do remember we used to say that quite a bit. 
all three of us ended up having an incident with a tree. I think Corey hit a tree on his BMX bike. Mm-hmm. And I, I slid my truck down over the bank into a tree and dented up the fender that I just put on. Right. When I wasn't supposed to have it up against the hillside mm-hmm. where I was at while my dad was at work. <laughs> I don't remember what you did. I don't remember either. I know it involved a tree of some kind. Didn't you scratch that black Camaro or something? Or was that back in the 240Z days? <laughs> it's hard to say. It could have something to do with all the concussions. <laughs> the memory loss, you know. All the welding fumes. <laughs> and... Yeah. Shop ventilation is very important. Yes. Yeah, we used to mix a lot of paint. You know, clear back in high school, we, we'd been mixing paint, painting cars, and uh, we didn't always wear a respirator. Yeah. Things are overrated until somebody turns a paint booth off. Yeah. Yeah. Future reference for all you out there listening, do not paint without a respirator. Never. 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 Especially clear coat. If you're even going to be close to clear coat being sprayed, I highly recommend putting on a respirator. Yes. It's funny how PPE becomes so much more important when you're not a young nitwit. (laughs) Well, experience teaches you those lessons that uh, when you're young, you just can't quite wrap your head around. Yeah, we got the scars to prove it. That's right. We learn eventually. Sort of. (laughs) Well, you think it's about time to wrap up? I think so. I think we got some damn good content. All right, guys. Well, let us know what you think. Um, Tell us what you want to see. Talk to us. Let us know something. We will try to make it happen. Um, We both have work schedules to work around and that sort of thing, but we want to do a lot more stuff this upcoming spring, this upcoming season. We're trying to keep some content rolling through the winter here. let us know if you want to see more of the build stuff. We can get more in-depth with the build, do more footage on the build. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a spare time thing when I'm not working on customers' vehicles. So it's just, we haven't, it's been kind of inconvenient. Never know when I'm going to have the opportunity. So I normally just jump in and tinker while I can. But we can definitely get more of that footage if that's what you guys want to see. Um, let us know what kind of racing you want to see. Or if any of you guys are out there building something cool, you know, we want to see it. Let us know. Send us a message. Maybe we'll come check it out, shoot a little video footage of it, or bring you on the podcast to talk about it. You know, we're open to that. Just reach out. Absolutely. With that being said, uh, we also have a few sponsorship spots available. Um, All the sponsorships we'll be putting on all of our content that we're putting out throughout this season. Like he said, we got a lot of big plans. We plan on covering a lot of events. Um, <clears throat> the sponsors that we've already got, I want to give you guys a big shout out, a big thanks. I appreciate each and every one of you. We definitely couldn't be doing this without you guys. You guys are helping provide equipment, um, travel funds to get to and from events, um, everything needed to keep this this rolling. Um, I just I can't thank y'all enough. And uh, we're also working up on some merch. Uh, we're going to have some t-shirts coming. We're trying to work on a couple other things. Um, 
so that should be all available here soon yeah you guys keep an eye out for that um, we just released one design uh, that's just kind of for the original crew that got all this off the ground got it started this is going to be a very exclusive release um, I'm currently working on some more designs to release to everyone because you guys have, have really um, have been reaching out to me showing a lot of love for the shirt design saying you guys would like to have one um, I'm definitely going to be putting out some more designs here real soon for all of you all as well Anything else you'd like to say? I think that about wraps it. I believe so. All right, guys, until next time, this is Midnight Club Media signing off. Crazy Carl, Crazy Carl Speed Shop. Thanks for watching. Please like and subscribe. See you guys next time. Later.